Hey, and welcome to Off the Circle. Today, we're talking to Ryan McCarty, the head of Culture of Good. We're going to talk about how he has transformed the business environment of a lot of companies into being more charitable and giving. Listen to indie-based entrepreneurs and business people, their experience and expertise. Have some laughs and learn along the way on this episode of Off the Circle, the Indianapolis business scene like you've never heard it before. Hey, this is Ryan Grimes from Off the Circle here with Ryan McCarty and Harry and Stephanie and Doug, and we are going to talk about the culture of good. I like that. That's that's like a you can't help but just jump in the positive with that. Right. Exactly. Let's, let's, I've got a face made for the podcast. <laughs> I was talking about Ryan's company, not your face. Oh, right. The other Ryan. Sorry. Anyway. So Ryan, uh, yeah. talk to us about Culture of Good. How did it get started? Yeah, so Culture of Good started 5 years ago. Uh, I would had spent 20 years in the nonprofit sector of business. And was actually a pastor at the time and met uh, the head of the largest Verizon retailer in the country, Scott Moorhead. And uh, his company was growing exponentially. And he realized that part of growth in business is you could lose your culture, what made you special in the first place. And he knew my work in the nonprofit sector was something that could bring a why into his employees' hearts. Like, why do you do what you do? Not just what you do every day, but why? And uh, he also realized that employees aren't going to feel a huge sense of purpose by just slinging cell phones for Verizon, right? So so how do we bring that why into people's hearts? And he thought, well, Ryan knows how to do this because he's inspiring people to do it without pay, volunteering their time. And if he could bring that kind of heart into my company, then my employees can show up every day, be happier. And because of that, customers will interact with happier employees. It will drive the business so it can do more good. And, uh, so, uh, after, after a little bit of time, he invited me out to lunch and, uh, over chips and salsa, he, he and I came up with this entire idea of culture of good. Didn't know what it would truly become, uh, but launching it within his company of over 2000 employees in about 35 states at that point out of Marion, Indiana. Uh, this is before we, uh, the corporate headquarters moved to Carmel, uh, here toward Indianapolis. And, um, Culture Good started as a movement, philanthropic, let's do good, let's connect employees to meaningful work. And that was the creation of it. And it's since evolved into what it is now as its own company, uh, for-profit company. But th- five years ago, that's how it started. It started as employees engaging with volunteering and doing work outside of their office and outside of their everyday work to find meaning and find purpose. And that's, that's how it all began. Yeah. And what was, uh, I, I'm curious. So, so at first it was just within TCC. What were the, uh, kind of inherent problems or what were the results of the problems of not having a program like this? Yeah. You know, and then of course, what were the measurable differences sure. where you guys just kind of lit up and said, Holy smokes, this is absolutely working. Yeah, I mean, within, well, within TCC, it's a retail, 85 to 90% of their employees were millennials. Mm-hmm. Uh, so turnover was huge. Within the industry uh, that TCC is in, turnover is at 100%. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so it drove, it drove their employee retention 
uh, to a place where where they're tracking less than fifty percent turnover, which is still pretty significant. That's but huge. when you think That's about, oh, it's huge! It saved the company five point seven million dollars a year uh, yeah. <laughs> since since the inception of Culture of Good, uh, which was huge. So there was a huge ROI behind it. And what was unique about it was it became more than just like a CSR corporate social responsibility program because the commitment and the promise of the company was as it drove results like that, that the company would do more good. So it launched with a huge backpack giveaway across 35 states where they gave away uh, 60,000 backpacks full of school supplies to families. It was, it was huge and it's just grown because of, because of the impact on the company, it's grown every year to over five years. Uh, they've given away over 700,000 backpacks with school supplies. Uh, we now have, um, quarterly events that every employee across every state is involved with. It's called their big good that takes place across the entire country. And now their stores have their individual good that they do. And then each individual employee has time off and individual good. So it's like this three tiered approach that's continued to expand and grow, but. But the impact on the business was so significant, and we had no clue that that's what was going to happen. We just thought, let's let's engage the employees. Let's give them purposeful, meaningful yep. work. Scott wanted to leave a legacy yep. as a business owner. Um, it's kind of a interesting story. After I met him and we had chips and salsa. Where did you have <laughs> yeah. chips and salsa? Because yeah. you've yeah. mentioned it twice. Yeah. And it seems quite well, I always say that, that uh, <laughs> culture and strategy go together like chips and salsa. Yeah. Uh, uh, because in, and in the beginning of our book, Build a Culture of Good, that's how we start. Is there something magical about that? Uh, and anytime we get into creative sessions now, there's chips and salsa. If I go speak somewhere, usually they have chips and salsa waiting there. So it's kind of like our, our deal, right? Yeah. Um, we had it at La Charetas in, in Marion, Indiana. Okay. Um, but when, when we, when we originally, uh, met there and, and talked about, uh, the culture of good, uh, with, with the chips and salsa, <laughs> uh, from that point, um, we, we didn't fully, know the type of impact it was going to have on his business. Um, it was really just simply about let's, let's do some good. Let's involve the employees and let's, let's make a difference in the world. Three months after the chips and salsa, uh, Scott was outside and slipped on a skateboard playing with his son and, and landed on the back of his head and had three skull fractures and, uh, internal bleeding and a traumatic brain injury was lifeline to Fort Wayne. Now this is before I was hired. So we had the chips and salsa. I talked to him about legacy in life and doing something that matters, giving his employees a sense of purpose and meaningful work and giving them an opportunity to work toward their legacy slips on the skateboard three months later and is, is very much on the brink of potential death. Uh, to be honest, uh, lives through that as part of his recovery, uh, thinks about our conversation, uh, over chips and salsa about legacy and realizes, uh, I want to do something that matters. And if I'm going to do that, uh, I want to, I want to hire Ryan. And mm -hmm. so, um, we always joke that the way I got hired is he had a traumatic brain injury and then he hired me. So, <laughs> so that's what it took for me to get. That's the, that's the real story. If you want to know how the culture gets started, it started with a traumatic brain injury. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so, um, you know, you don't think about things like that. 
when your when your business is successful uh he was young i think around 34 33 years old two th- over 2000 employees in 35 states growing exponentially you don't think about legacy and you know the the life you live being the legacy you leave and and how are you going to make the world a better place a lot of times in business you're thinking about profit and grow, mm-hmm. growth and how we're going to keep growing and the stress yeah. of all of that and so the culture of good became the answer of what kind of legacy am I going to leave in this world for a business owner like Scott that uh, that now it's impacted his company so much that legacy just continues to grow year over year. I, I have to just uh, take this opportunity to interject because that is the way I define leadership is what you've just described. When somebody takes the initiative when they don't have their back against the wall and yeah. and they have very few options – I can also say as a, a TCC customer that, uh, you know. Oh, also, gosh. I hope this is good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is. You know, I'm, I'm hearing for the first time, you know, what is behind that great service I get when I go back. And, and you know, there was a time when, you know, a New Verizon store would crop up and I'd go there and then I'd, you know, be disgusted and go mm-hmm. somewhere else. And, yeah. and then they opened one TCC store near me. And man, I, I have been going there for, awesome. you know, since it opened. And without exception, it's been a great experience every time I've walked in. And, and on more than one occasion, it was, you know, uh, I had a, had a problem yeah. and it was well taken care of. That's awesome. And that, and that's how it translates to, you know, the customer. Sure. And, and that, that drives business, you know, because in, in the customer, a lot of times in business we see as a financial transaction within the culture of go, we teach a completely different philosophy around that. Um, and, and hopefully over time, what you'll find in, in with, with, with it being retail, this, this takes some time to really, uh, bake into the very fabric of the company. When we talk about culture of good, we're talking more than just a program that was inserted into a company. We're talking about a cultural, uh, dynamic that becomes the DNA of the business and also becomes the way of life for the employees. And hopefully over time, what you'll find as a customer, is that you start to become a part of that culture. And that's that's what's going to be really unique over time that we're really working on is how do we say to the customer, not just come spend money with us and we'll go do good with your money, but come come do business with us and let's go do good together. Yeah. And and, and that's that's a unique thing that that we're really it's a proposition that really differentiates your business from others where customers feel a part of something bigger than just I go in there to spend money because that's where I need a, a wireless phone or that's where I need that service. But how, how are we engaging customers on a soul level? How are we engaging our employees on a soul level? How are we uh, touching people's hearts in a way that um, is different than normal business because we're recognizing that we're bringing the humanity back into it? And and that that's what's unique. And the experience that you have in terms of service is all about promises that make up what the culture of good is. And uh, we can share some of that as well as we go on. But but there's there's promises that that make up what the culture of good is. And part of that is caring for the customer, connecting in a, in a way that's different than. Well, and I would add that you know the whole cell phone 
you know, the level of sophistication in these devices requires a pretty high level of competency. Yeah. And so uh, in addition to everything you've just said, what I observe is that through that, you've been able to attract highly skilled, competent people yeah. who who understand the complexities of these devices. Yeah. Yeah, the quality the quality of talent that it requires to have some because the devices change consistently. Um and and that's that's what's unique as well within the culture of good is we're asking the question how do you attract top talent mm-hmm. uh to your business? Um and and part of that is how do they fit into the cultural uh, dynamic of who you are as in, and how your way of life as a business is. And that's, and that's again, over chips and salsa, we didn't know any of this stuff. We, I had never read a book on culture, never went to a seminar. We didn't have consultants come in. We're practitioners. We're, we weren't experts at this. We just learned as we went, made mistakes, did some dumb stuff along the way, uh, trying to figure it out. You know, like everybody else does, uh, failed and, and succeeded, uh, at some other things. And one of the things that I feel like we really succeeded in is creating a, a what we call an emotional operating system that impacts the business all the way from how recruiting takes place, onboarding, making sure the right kind of person that has the right kind of heart is hired into the company. Um, so that 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 it really is culture it's not something that's just sewn on the outside of the business and said hey this is this is what we offer oh by the way we do this good over here yeah. no this is who we are and and that's what's unique i really love <laughs> i really love that because i'm i'm just the biggest cynic when it comes to when when whenever a a company starts talking about its yeah, culture i know <laughs> i'm instantly like Ugh, you know and 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 because it, you're in marketing I, it is because i'm in marketing so you yeah. get you get it because yeah. there's a power play with it right well typically you know i mean the the companies that i always saw it at was yeah they you know they had their game room yeah, okay, uh, yeah that yeah. was empty while everybody was working 70 hours a week yeah. and that was mm-hmm. quote culture the you ping know? pong table yeah and yeah. And, and it was, and it was a, it was a, it was, it was just a, a fib. It was to get people in there and get them to work harder. Yeah. And, and, uh, and somehow try to make, make them feel good about it and make up for the fact that it, yeah, you're working yeah. 70 hours a week. And by the way, we have a ping pong table that nobody uses that nobody yeah. uses. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's so surface level. Right. Yeah. I think it's that right. whole it's Google not, mentality. Exactly. Like, it's we're not, gonna, there's no yeah. depth to it whatsoever. Yeah. The, yeah. the other thing that I'm hearing from you too is, you know, we, I, I think culture is probably a fairly new term in the last yeah. what, decade, yeah. you know, and, and this was, you know, back, uh, Harry, Harry and I have gray hairs. Anybody else? You got a few over there. Got a little, you know, on beer. but you know, it was, I'm it was, catch, I'm catching up. It was Cameron's working on Stephanie. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I have some, I just color <laughs> But it was, you know, this was top down leadership, right? Yeah. This yeah. was mm-hmm. in, in, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I did service in the Navy and, the, the first companies that I went to, there was an expectation uh, of really being an example yeah. for your people to respect and follow. And um, and and at the time, I think too is companies weren't profit machines, right? You know, companies yeah. companies uh, took care of their employees. They cared about them. Yeah, they 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 didn't worry about uh, they they panicked about 
turnover. Yeah. You know, and, um, and, and I think a lot of the societal ills that we see with companies are, uh, have come to the surface, right? Yeah. Is we leave a vendor at yeah. a moment's notice. Well, why do we leave a vendor at a moment's notice? Cause they don't care about us. Right. You right. know, and why do employees leave a job to go get a raise? Yeah. Cause they're not going to get a raise where they're at. Yeah. They have to leave. Yeah. And all of those things are compounding, right? Your, yeah. your employee's not happy. So that shows the, customer that they're not happy. Right. Then you have turnover. Then you have training issues. Now you have training issues. Now the next customer is unhappy. Yeah. And it's this sliding, yep. you know, doom. It snowballs yeah. into that. Well, yeah, it's sure. a self-perpetuating cycle. Yeah. yeah. And, and you wind up with these companies that, you know, I'm a marketer, so, I, you know, I see it every day. We need more leads. We need more yeah. leads. Yeah. We need more leads. We yeah. need more leads. And we, you know, this year was the first year that we put customer experience as a KPI for all of our clients, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's, what is the customer's experience? Well, that's because, what customers want. They, yeah, they don't, they don't, they're not even looking for a product necessarily right. as much as they are looking for an experience. That's they, what the new customer's looking for in relationship. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and the thing is, is, you know, you can put all the money you want into a great product and everything else and, and, and just have a superior thing. But the second people start complaining about your customer experience online, all of your marketing money is lost. Oh yeah. All of it. Yeah. Because your greatest marketers are your people. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your stakeholders. And, and, and a big part of that is the customer base for sure. Well, and, and back to what you're saying, you know, we see that a lot too. When people think of culture, they immediately think of like ping pong tables or free craft beer on Fridays or yeah. you can wear jeans and we're a cool culture. And, you know, the whole cool culture thing is so surface. It, it's, it becomes very programmed in the sense that if, if we add these things into the company, then we'll, ha- you know, then, <laughs> then we'll, we can say we'll have a, but really yeah. culture, culture is based on belief and behavior. Right. Um, how, how I feel about something creates a belief about it. That belief is how I behave. I behave out of my beliefs. And so if I want to change the culture of a company, I have to change the feeling of the employees. How did, how did the employees feel about that business? How, how did the customers feel about it? Ultimately, that becomes the culture. Um, and it's, it doesn't have to be organic. And that's, and that's what we've discovered is it doesn't have to be this mystical, you know, otherworldly type thing. It, it really can be measured and yeah. it can be managed to, which is, which is another unique conversation. Uh, because, because culture is so new, a lot of times m- most people assume that, well, culture is just going to be what it is. And certainly if, if you approach it that way, it will be that way. Uh, but, but it doesn't have to be that way. You can determine the type of culture you want within your business and it has to be more than, ping pong tables. <laughs> right. it, it just does. Right. right. Yeah. And, and we see that all the time. So, so that, that's why, you know, over five years we had organizational psychologists and people sm- way smarter than Scott and I come in and study the business for hundreds of hours and, uh, did interviews and surveys and talked to the people, talked to the customers, talked to the employees, what made this place different. And, and they discovered that there were five, um, very simple, but very rich ideas that came out of that, that we call promises that are made on an individual level, on a team level and a, on an organizational level. And those five promises are measured to by, um, behaviors, 
which which is unique mm-hmm. because now we have something that we can put our finger on and say, are we winning in this area? Are the employees really living this out? Do the customers sense this and feel this? And I'd like to share those if that's cool, it's the five promises. Not, I love that. It's not a sales goal. It's a... Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, well there's going to be sales right, goals sure. because if the business isn't profitable, then they can't there's do no backpacks. There is right. no business, right? So right. There, there, there is that. And the industry um, reduces businesses sometimes, depending on the industry, to have to make decisions to even stay afloat. And that's the difficult part of it. Um, but... But that's why it's important, we believe, to have these promises baked into the culture of the business. And, and I'll just share these. Um, they, they're very simple, but they're, they're operationalized throughout the business. Number one is caring, caring for the people in the world around us. Um, that's at the very core of what the culture of good is. Uh, it means we opt in in huge ways like backpack giveaways across the the entire enterprise uh, with all the employees. It could be just if someone's having a really difficult day, I sit down, spend time with them face to face. I'm 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 a caring person. It's at the very heart of what the culture of good is. So yeah, qu- question on uh-huh. that. So what you know, what is the scope? So it, it's clear from what you said. It's it's more than just my fellow employee. Sure. So where, where I mean, is it the whole world or your community? What, what you know, where what is sort of the focus? Yeah, the focus um, for the caring part of it. Uh, it's where we see the need. So, so we would say the need is the call toward that. What, what the need is that we see in front of us, if it's, uh, a peer or a colleague, um, that's walking to a door with their hands full of boxes and I just kind of sit back and opt out and say, Oh, they'll handle it themselves. Or do I jump up and go over and help them out? Um, and that seems like a simple thing, but, but a lot of times we're just caught up in the minutia of work where we forget to really care about one another and care about the customer. And, uh, and, and it goes as big as caring about the community, okay. uh, around us. And so, um, that, that can come in different facets, but, but that happens on an individual level, on a team level and on an organizational level. And, and leaders, this is really important. Uh, top leadership has to live that out, right? Like, yeah. like we're not, we're not suggesting, Hey, your 2000 employees should care for one another. And then I'm going to sit the, in this glass house up here. Yeah. The woman <laughs> or man on top. Yeah, exactly. You know, behind the desk doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had companies that, and, and we're talking to some now that we're, we're having an issue with that. We're saying we can bring the culture of good into your business. And they're saying, well, we don't know if our top leadership will care and live that promise out. And we're saying, well, we can't bring a culture of good into your business then. Yeah. And we have to say, I'm sorry, but we have to opt out from, from doing business with you. Isn't that a shame? It it, it really is a shame. Yeah, it is. And that was actually going to be one of my questions was, you know, it it sounds like, you know, Scott was already, Mm -hmm. you know, the type of leader that cared. And so I'm, I'm certain that he made great, you know, choices for management when he, brought them in. Yeah. But it's got to be, you got to lose people along the way too. Oh, oh yeah. (laughs) Even Scott has. Yeah. yeah, When the culture's, when the culture's adjusting like that, because Mm -hmm. some people just, they, they honestly don't care. Right. You know? Right. And so you've got to replace them. A hundred percent. And, and, and that is as real as can be. And, and that, that has happened. Um, and, and caring is a huge part of it. The second one's significant. Uh, it's, uh, the promise to drive the business toward greater success so I can do more good. 
or so we can do more good. And so driving the business is what we're talking about in terms of profitability. How do I see my everyday work as impacting uh, the business side? Uh, because we, we can't just have a bunch of Mother Teresa's working for us. Um, and, and that don't, and, and that's I'd like to work with a bunch of Mother Teresa's. I, 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 I would, too. Working on the phone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> nothing wrong, nothing wrong with but that. But you still get it. But how do I, on. how do I know my impact? How do I know my impact, you know, with the customer yeah. and how that drives the business on, on every level, whether I'm an IT or, I'm in sales, whatever I do, do I tie what I do to a greater impact on the business side of it so it can drive the success of the business so that it can do more good? See, that's that's what's unique about that second promise is this two-part. Uh, the next three are significant as well. So it's the promise to uh, inspire others to do good with me. Um, and and that's that's a big one as well. We don't want just people that have a heart to do good and, and have a heart to impact the world. We want people that inspire each other and inspire the customer. Yeah. Uh, so inspiration is huge. Uh, connection is another uh, promise. So how am I connecting with uh, those around me? How am I taking the time to sit down and really connect with the customer? How am I sitting down and connecting uh, with, with my fellow employees? And the last one is the promise of authenticity. Uh, am I being authentic with my words and actions? Do my actions line up with my words? Am I just using this and saying this is the type of company we are or is this authentic, right? Is this just a PR push? Are we just doing this to make more money? Are we authentically and genuinely caring about the world around us and really caring about our employees and our customers? And that, if we're not authentic with it, Every all the other promises really don't matter. So, so truly being authentic, yeah. So I'm hearing a little pastor in that. A little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it, you know, that's, that's what was, right. that's Acts, what was right? so, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, that's what's really neat about this is it's how do I have my employees? Do I give them permission to care? Yeah. And how do I do that? I get, I let them bring their soul to work, their whole self. Yeah. You know, they don't, they don't leave their self at home and then they come and they're just a robot at work and they're just doing tasks. They, they know their impact and they know that they're cared for by their fellow peers. Yep. Uh, and also by top leadership. So it's, it's, it's top down, bottom up. It's, it yeah, is. It, and, and back and forth. However you, however you see your, your yeah, chart. It's also, I think you're showing, uh, you know, the, it's a great service to employees too, because I think, um, you know, we have, Junior employees always, you know, coming in and out and interns and everything else. And I'm always surprised at, you know, within a, a company of, you know, two, five, seven, that they don't realize the impact of, you know, their, their work. Yeah. That, that they really don't. They just think a business is a, there's a pot of gold somewhere. Right. Right. That somebody and, has. Yeah. Somewhere. That somebody oh, has. Yeah. And if I'm late with the project, oh, well, I'll, you know, I'll get it done Tuesday That's or it. whatever. That's, yeah. Or yeah. if, or, uh, oh man, I'm kind of short some hours this week. You know, let me spend a couple of extra hours doing nothing. Right. And, and you know, and, yeah, that's what driving the second promise. Yeah. Drive the business. That, to be honest with you, we failed in the beginning. Yeah. So when we started five but, years ago, but I you were battling. I didn't know about that. But you were I battling societal 
right? I mean, if yeah. you look anywhere online right now, companies are evil, com- business Profit owners are evil. terrible, mm-hmm. you know, everything else. And so employees are not taken care of and treated horribly and everything else. And right. so I, I think from a societal standpoint, uh, an employee goes in with a defense yeah. up right away yeah. that they, they don't realize that, you know, okay, when I hire an employee, I'm literally going to give away half my salary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to get this employee going up off the ground, train them, developed, developed everything that goes into yeah, them. Yeah. It's huge. And they don't realize that that's, no, that's literally money out of my household right. into yours. It's invested you know, into that employee. And they honestly don't realize that. And so no. I love this, you know, yeah. this method. Yeah. The, and like I said, five years ago, we failed in that. Um, and, and my experience in the nonprofit world for 20 years was very much about more about purpose and more about meaningful work than it was about how, how to run a business. Um, and so when we, when we launched culture of good, my whole message was about let's, you know, I was training mother Teresa's. I was trying to turn every one of his employees into mother Teresa to go out, make the world a better place, change the world for better. And that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but what we ended up with, to be honest with you, if I can, about where we failed, uh, we had employees that would show up late to work or they, they, um, wouldn't get their tasks done and they started using the culture of good as a crutch mm. and they started saying, well, I would have gotten that done, but I had to spend an extra two hours that, that Friday, uh, getting those supplies ready because we were doing an outreach on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And their, and their store is starting to fail and they're a manager. And so what we found was employees that didn't understand, um, that second promise. It's dominoes, right? Yeah. You have to take care of the business first in order to be a successful philanthropist or, or you good do. neighbor. And, yeah. 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 There, ha- there has to, there has to be care internally. And then, and then once we understood that and started teaching that, I mean, employees just jumped onto that, you know, because it's not just let's drive the business so we can line someone's pockets. Right. It's drive the business toward greater success so we can do more good. And that promise by the company just continued to grow. And so we started seeing more and more good taking place and employees connecting their work and impacting the business and knowing their impact. And that was crucial. I'm curious. Uh, some of the promises are fairly objective, and I can kind of imagine how you might measure your success. But others are much more subjective. Uh-huh. Um, share with us a little bit about how you measure things like authenticity, and that would tend to be on that other end of the scale for subject. Yeah, yeah. So, so each one of those promises have um, about ten observable behaviors. So, when we go into a company and talk about those promises, that company starts to align observable behaviors. So, with what those. would be an example of an observable behavior for being authentic? For authentic, yeah. Uh, so, so for being authentic and observable behavior and I should probably grab my computer and and uh and make sure I'm listing well, these out really you good. Say, I'll <laughs> so an observable behavior with being authentic would be if if I see an employee as a manager um that uh shows up to work every day 
and their promise, it, it really aligns with the promise to care. So if, if they make a, a promise to care that they, they can, it's about consistency. So, okay. so, so if I see an employee that depending on the day or the week, they're back and forth and they're not consistent, uh, between what they have committed to and, and what they are actually doing. So authenticity is about consistency. Kind of meeting your commitments that meeting that, commitments. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's more than just, wow, he's a real person. You know, it's, it's not subjective like that. It's very objective. Okay. So, so when we talk about your words and your actions aligning, it's, it's more about how consistent are you as a person? Well, and you kind of spelled it out and said observable behaviors. So yeah. it's about observation. A hundred percent. Okay. That's where it becomes objective. Okay. Um, and, and what we have is we have uh, a radar graph that uh, each employee individually is able to measure themselves, which is really a cool thing to do from one to seven on each one of those promises based on their own mm -hmm. observation of in, in honesty. And there's no wrong answers. It's not like if I give myself a two out of seven, then I'm a bad person. Right. It's how do we get from two to three, you know, how, and, and that gives managers a way to coach. How, how do I get, how do I get you to be more consistent with your commitments? If you say you're going to do something and you're going to get that project done by Friday, are you, are you authentic with your words and do your actions align with that? How do I get from two? That's an observable behavior, right? How do I, how do I get you from two to three? And then we have teams, um, measure them, measure the entire team collectively. So as a leader, as a manager, I'm getting feedback now from my team saying, I feel like as an individual, I'm really pushing the limit on caring for, for each other and caring for the world. But I'm not feeling like our team is measured correctly. Like, I don't think we're hitting the mark on that. And so as a manager, I'm able to sit back and say, okay, culture isn't mystical. It really is about behavior. It is about belief. It's about what we're doing, right? Cause culture is what, uh, most of your people believe and behave most of the time. That's what culture is. Um, and so as a team, and then I allow my employees to measure the company as a whole. And so as a leader, I'm able to see what kind of feedback am I getting from my employees? Are we saying we're authentic as a company, but our employees feel like we're not? You know, right. uh, are we saying that we're inspiring others, but we're not? And so, so that measurement happens. Uh, we teach that through workshops with companies. We go in and do workshops. We also, uh, get that radar graph is something that can happen as a, as a weekly touch point, uh, where if there's a weekly staff meeting on Monday morning, that employees fill out that radar graph, bring it to the Monday morning meeting, and it's a discussion point, five, 10 minutes doesn't take two hours to talk about just something every week as a touch point, a gut check. Are we really living the culture that we say we are? Um, so it's a really good question, but we, we want to make it more objective than subjective. Some of it's subjective, right? Because we're judging sure. ourselves, we're judging our team. But then once we get that, those numbers back and that data back, then we can coach. Sure. Well, our uh, in my and mind, it, you know, it's good enough 
for coaching and where yeah. you need to make improvement. And, and yeah. you know, it, it's less important. Is this a four or 4.5? The yeah. point yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. you know, where, where should I be focusing my, what's important? Absolutely. Yeah. I had a, I worked at a, a newspaper many, many, many moons ago. And, and um, one of the transitions that they did in, inside that just, just <laughs> ripped everything up and it was a good move, but it was that everybody had a customer. Yeah. And, and so, uh, and it wound up being, you know, that if you're a machinist, the operator was your customer. And if you were, if you were a manager, 100%, your yeah. employee was your customer. Yeah. Yeah. And who's your customer. And so we, you know, so it, I don't think we, you know, we didn't have everything figured out and we didn't have a program like, like culture of good, but what it wound up being was managers were a lot more supportive of their employees yeah. when they realized that their future of the company depended on what their employees thought of them yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, rather than that, again, that top down, yeah, you know, the 360. That, yeah, yeah. It's that 360 so, idea. Yeah, absolutely. But it's amazing how people, how much nicer <laughs> well, people become, you know, you know? It's, it's that, it's that dirty word. No one wants to talk about and that's accountability. Yeah. Right. You know, Right. Well, when we talk about accountability, usually we're think when we think accountability, we think of authority telling me to be accountable. Um, and, and that's not leadership. Right. And there's a, there's a huge difference between leadership and authority. Um, when you're a leader, you have authority, but just because you have authority doesn't make you a leader. Yeah. And I can give you authority, but I can't give you leadership. And part of leadership is being accountable to your people. And, and that, that's, that's what defines the difference. Uh, when I'm an authority figure, I don't have to be accountable to anyone because yeah. I, I use my power to tell you how you're accountable. Right. And that, that, that whole accountability is really crucial toward this as well because how, how am I as a leader accountable to my people? Well, the culture of good creates a system, an emotional operating system that allows for that accountability, that 360 accountability to take place. It seems like the, the, an, another byproduct of this too is that a lot of programs within large organizations or even medium sized organizations break down when stress is, mm -hmm. you know, introduced, you know, so uh, financial stress or, yeah. you know, uh, client deadlines or whatever. And it seems like this is one that actually becomes a little bit more powerful in, in those because if you, I used to tell people uh, another newspaper story, but you know, I worked at the star yeah. and my, 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 message to everybody about working at the star was I worked with the most incredible people ever, but it was because we were under the gauntlet every yeah. day, right? Yeah. It was a stressful, yeah. you didn't know whether you're going to lose your job or not. You know, yeah. it wasn't a supportive atmosphere, Yeah, but the, but the people alongside you right. cared about you. Yeah. And so we took care of each other. Yeah. And so, and I noticed that, you know, even in the worst times of, you know, layoffs and everything else that people came to your aid. You it know? almost became survival. It, it really did. <laughs> right. But, yeah, but yeah. just together. But the fact yeah. that caring was our number mm -hmm. one, yeah, absolutely. you know, thing was, was the way to get out of that. Yeah. And, and uh, I love that that's a foundation of, of this because that's, that's when you truly know whether you have culture, I think too, is, yeah. is under those stressful yeah. Under duress. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because when we talk about promises, you know, one of the, one of the steps that we teach companies is to define your why, you know, uh, know why you're in business. Um, 
And the second one is to make promises. Like if you want to take your culture from current state, uh, and if you were really critical and say, hey, this is what our culture is right now and just completely honest about yeah. it, this is where we're missing. Here's the gaps. And every company has it, including ones that we work with. Uh, but here's dream state. Here's in a perfect world with perfect employees and perfect customers yeah. and sun's always shining. Uh, here's what the culture would look like. To, to even move it from current state toward dream state, you have to define your why and you have to make promises. And part of defining your why is your values, uh, your purpose, your mission. Um, but it has, it has to grow beyond values because so many times our values are on a poster board in the break room, you know, and I mean, we, we got together and we had this Those cool signs with the bears and the eagles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> eagles. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have any perseverance. eagles ever. Yep. Perseverance. <laughs> the perseverance posters. Inspiration. It's I was, I was on a, I was on posters. a call today and someone behind on the video had a perseverance. <laughs> I'm like, do those things still exist? Well, you, we, I, Only in now teams. There's, now there's funny ones. Yeah. There exactly. is. Yeah. As I worked, well, this was a real one. I'm like, I, you must have had this I, in 1987. I, I, I worked at a place in Denver. I won't mention their name, but they had them all over. Oh yeah. And so I went and bought the demotivational yeah, ones. Yeah, exactly. And so my desk was yeah. the D, you know, it was like yeah. it was I forget the one I think There's it was funny when it was like, <laughs> you know, teamwork, you're only as fast as your slowest you know, yeah. person or something. <laughs> exactly. But that's what we do, right? We get these values and and we put them on a poster board and we throw them on a wall and spend all this money with consultants and figuring out it and it's always like they always start with T and it's teamwork. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's and and we think it's creative and we think it's going to help the culture, but we put on a poster board and we forget about it becomes just something that we did and something that we said that we believe, but it's really not the DNA of the company. And, and that's where we get from values to promises, right. because when I make a promise, I have to live up to it. Mm. And, and it's, you know, it's better to not make a promise than to make one and break it. Yeah. Right. And so if you, and so we're suggesting through the culture of good, that if, if you as a company, as a company owner, uh, as the employees, if you're going to make these promises, you got to live up to it. And that means during the stressful times. That means when the industry shifts and the marketplace, uh, makes you have to rethink about, uh, your employees and your customers and, and, and how, how we're going to govern the business moving forward. These are promises. These aren't just values on a poster board. You know, this, this is the real, the, this is the real deal. And that's, that's a lot harder to live up to when yep. it's a promise. Off the Circle is brought to you by MyITND. If you're a small to medium-sized business and need assistance with networking, security, and other IT services, contact Ryan at info at myitnd.com. Off the Circle is brought to you by DK New Media. DK New Media is a marketing consultancy working with some of the world's largest brands on their digital marketing and media strategies. Contact Doug at dknewmedia.com. So a question. When, you, yeah. when, you, when you're working with a company and, you're, and you start putting them through the, the, the process with this, is there like an aha moment that they all have? Or yeah. is, it, is it a gradual, like six months down the road, like look where, look where we've come. Like look how far we've come in terms of our, our evolution it's, internally. Yeah. yeah, it's different for every company. Mm -hmm. And the aha moment for TCC happened to be the backpack giveaway. So it happened to be a moment where all the leadership and all the employees that they, they, some of the employees 
when they heard about the culture good were skeptics, quite honestly. You know, they they thought it might have been just a marketing thing or, you know, a PR push or whatever it was. But when they when they face to face talked to families and and worked with these families and gave the backpack and the mom's crying and you know and there's this emotional disruption what what I like to call that became an aha moment because we we started getting emails from employees that said this was the most defining moment in their life not just at work oh, wow and when Scott started seeing that that became an aha moment for him. And within a few days, he called me into his office and he said, can we do that again this weekend? And I was like, no. <laughs> you know, typical business owner. That no can we just make that happen? Yeah. yeah. No, Steve Jobs. We can't do that. <laughs> and, uh, but, but from that, then we, we turned that moment into a movement is what I like to say. And that became more predictable. And that was that three-tiered approach of quarterly events that were big, good, our good and my good and, and how that broke down. And, and we really started with that. And that's when we started seeing more involvement from the employees. Um, but it, but it's different for every company. Um, uh, but that, that, that for TCC became the aha moment. Um, a lot of times the aha moment is, is somewhat of an emotional disruption, right? So we work with Scooch or some other companies here in Indianapolis that we work with. What we find is, the, the give back part of the culture of good and, and the impact that it's having on the community, the caring for the world, usually the aha moment comes out of that because yeah. that's where people feel different. That's where your soul comes alive. Your soul doesn't come alive by just, you know, sitting around doing better work or getting, you know, being authentic because I got the project done on a Friday when I said I was going to get it done, you know, before next week. That's not an aha moment. The the aha moments when my soul comes alive and I feel something different that I didn't feel before about my work. And so. Ryan, I, I want to ask a really tough question. Um, one is, you know, TCC is in retail. So yeah. obviously one of the most challenging mm-hmm. You know, the, sure. when you're customer facing with young people, turnover, everything well, else. And I would add to that, not, not only everything you just said, Doug, but behind it is this, um, monolithic face of Verizon. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so TCC puts a good face on this. Yeah. So I'm sorry, interrupted. Yeah. No, no, it's, that. it's it, yeah. because yeah. I was going to provide like another example, you know, it, we're sitting in downtown Indianapolis and I don't know if you, you guys have ever gone through like the drive through at McDonald's. I think it's 12th or 16th, 16th, 16th. And, yeah. and they're incredible people. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I yeah, really yeah. mean that. Like one of the kindest. Yeah. I know. Nicest I, I, McDonald's. I actually know that too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. For and, sure. And, and it was, I think a week ago or, or just the other day, someone climbed through and punched the oh, really? person yeah, in that. the drive yeah. through or something, yeah. you know, physically. and stole stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 yeah um, that just happened the other day. Yeah. It was, and I was, and I was thinking to myself, I gotta, <laughs> this is what fat Doug doesn't need to be going to McDonald's, <laughs> but, but, but I was Whatever. thinking, you know, I need to go over there yeah. and, and just tell them, Hey, we appreciate you and everything else. Um, that's an extreme obviously, but even in these stores, some customers aren't good customers. Yeah. And they don't care yeah. about your team. It seems like that's that's a defining moment for an employee as yeah. well, right? Yeah. What what is the, you know, I don't want to ask about internal policies or anything like that, but you know, when your culture is challenged by an external, you know, 
terrible customer like that or whatever, how do you guys, you know, how do you guys position yourselves to support that employee and everything? Is it, you know what, just do everything you can to get them out the door and, you know, make it a happy place or, or is the manager going to step in and say, you know what, we, we really don't want your business. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, that's, that's a really good question. I'll take that even further. When you talk about, um, wireless retail, you're talking about, um, theft. Yeah. And, and you're talking about employees that are in a store and it gets robbed by gunpoint. Oh. So, so it, it, it is that deep. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's everywhere from the customer that's upset and no one really goes into a wireless retail store excited about their day. Yeah. But even then, you know, you're going to be in there for a really yeah. long time. And, and, so, and again, society is tough, educated yeah. customers that the louder they scream and the yeah, huffier absolutely. they get, it's tough. You know, I'll that's when you. they'll get their way. Yeah. Right? And we have employees that say, this is really hard and it, it and Hey, it sucks. Yeah. It sucks to have to deal with that, but that doesn't change who we are. And, um, and, and we have to, we have to decide to be the type of people that we are, regardless of how the interaction takes place. And, and that's hard sometimes. And certainly managers step in and, and management steps into those scenarios from time to time, like they would in any normal experience. Uh, but then it's coaching beyond that. It's sitting down with the customer or with the, with the employee and saying, look, you know, um, being authentic is, is knowing that you can be emotional, yeah. right. But, but knowing what to do with those emotions. And, and that's where we remind the employee that they're a human being. If yeah. they're upset, they're going to get, they're going to get upset. The employee's going to get upset. They're going to get mad too. Yeah. You know, yeah. like any of us would, right. I wouldn't put up with it if, right. if, you know, if I was, had that type of interaction. Um, but, but what do you do with those emotions? And so, Again, it creates so many different dynamics of the opportunity to manage people more than just on an employee level, but on a life level. Yes. These are life lessons. These yes. are these are twenty year olds that are dealing with customers that are screaming at them sometimes and mad about certain things, or and it's not the employee's fault at all. You know, right. it's, it's this equivalent of going into a restaurant and getting mad at the waitress because the food was cold. Like she cooked it or he cooked it, you know, it's, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and that happens in every industry. It happens all the time and it just happens in life. And, and what greater way to be able to teach some life lessons specifically to millennials that are growing up and just, you know, this is an entry level job for many people and, and learning some stuff that they would have never learned otherwise. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. But, but authenticity, right? Yeah. It's our words and actions align even in the most difficult situations. And, and that, but to, to your point, you know, are, are there times that there's customers that, uh, we would say, Hey, you know, um, we don't want you as a customer any longer. I'm, I'm sure that takes place from time to time. It just has to, I mean, if, you know, if it's consistent, um, but what we try to do is understand that the customer is a human as well. Right. And we've all walked into a wireless store <laughs> or into a retail scenario. We've all gotten the cold food and we've all been frustrated and we've all had a really horrible week. And we remind the employees that 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 customer has a life outside of that cell phone and outside of this experience, and it might be a little deeper than that. So. I always feel better when the I hear the lady, you know, on the phone when I'm like calling up the electric company, do her spiel about how she really cares about me. That always makes me feel better. 
<laughs> but she's actually totally powerless she's to reading make any it. changes. Yeah. She's reading it off of the... You're one of our yeah. favorite customers. <laughs> Your business means a lot to us. Well, it sounds like a lot of what you're doing as well is empowering. <laughs> right. Yeah, you, you're empowering the people to actually yeah. make the changes that they feel need to be made. You know, There's nothing more frustrating than having an issue. And I come to you and you're like, I'm sorry about this. I can't help you. Like, yeah. well... Okay, the, what do I do next? Yeah, and you know, if you have an answer for that, and you can walk them through it. That's huge because that means you, know, you go out of your way to make my life better. Like I remember that. You know, that yeah. stuff gets mm-hmm. passed on, yeah. Yeah. especially if you were upset at the time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and and they go out of the way for you. Yeah, and knowing that yeah. they could have reacted mm-hmm. back toward you, and especially mm-hmm. since you're not actually Verizon, you're right. a third party company yeah. and yeah. you know Verizon makes a policy change and it changes everything. Yeah. And it happens weekly. Uh-huh. Yeah. As a Verizon customer, yes it does. <laughs> but right. you, know, you guys have to you, you have I don't to, like Verizon. I've been with Oh yeah. Forever. I like Verizon, but they, <laughs> oh, you know, for they're sure. a large company that they all makes do. Yeah, it's a huge conglomerate. Don't yeah. the customer. Yeah. 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 Yep. You know, some they gotta make their money. Right. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. T-Mobile comes in and they mm-hmm. slash prices and don't yeah. care. You know, we were the because family they don't that- have any customers and they don't have a good, you know, system or whatever it is and their network and they're trying to build their their business mm-hmm. and Verizon has to respond. Yeah. And when Verizon responds and they send down messaging and everybody has to align with it, yeah. you know, and it's tough. It's and especially really especially when you guys went with the uh, unlimited data for yeah. fan- oh yeah. <laughs> you yeah. say you guys, I don't work for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, don't when Verizon did that, we were, we were I'm the a customer <laughs> myself. <laughs> right. Yeah. We care about your business. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Hold, please hold. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody will come to you to help you later yeah. so, um, we're gonna pass you on to hr yeah <laughs> uh so you you guys have written a book yeah uh, culture of good and build a culture of good. build a culture uh-huh. of good so that's a playbook yep. basically for companies to utilize yeah absolutely and then and then alternatively people can contact you yeah you know and is that a you know is that a typically enterprise business or you know any, medium? any level company okay so so we have you know, again, over five years, what we started to do is build tools and products around this, like the radar graph. Yeah. Uh, we have workshops. I, I go and keynote speak at business events and, and conferences. Uh, we have organizational diagnostics that we can bring in just to see where the gaps are within your business. Nice. Uh, we have video modules. So if a company has five employees and they're saying, okay, we get these promises and we kind of want to bring this in, but we don't want full consultancy and we don't want someone to come in and hold our hand for the next year and we don't have the resources to do that. There are video modules that are online. Uh, through our website, cultureofgood.com. Yeah. And so any size business is really able to engage with the culture of good. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at, at companies that have just a few employees all the way to thousands, yeah. like, like a TCC. And so we, we can really impact any size company. And, and, and we want to believe that the more that, that the culture of good grows, the better the world gets, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, we, uh, we talk to companies all the time. That are saying, okay, we do some good here and there, but it's sporadic. And, and I'm thinking, man, if we could get these for-profit businesses, uh, companies to have a heart yeah. and, and, and operate their business with the soul of a nonprofit and care about their people, care about the customers and care about the world. 
Um, what kind of impact would that make? Well, and, and, that, and, and, and realizing that that's, it's a benefit to their economic model. 100%. That it's not a, this isn't a, Oh, let's start this program up. How much is it going to cost me? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, if we could infuse this methodology and really inspire our employees and everything else within our organization, what could our, what could we do with that new bottom line? Yeah. Right? Well, and, and companies might say, well, we, we don't have the money. And I would say, and, and you're in the marketing yeah. uh, side of business as well is take some, take the next month of marketing budget. And put it toward Wait, building hold on a, a culture. Second. No. <laughs> <laughs> Keep paying your marketing no. people. No, I, no, I agree with but you. But honestly, actually, I mean, it's I, like, what it's, are you doing that matters? Like, are you just like talking about what product you offer and how you know? Right. But like, you know, th- this you're, you're this absolutely right. To something really significant. One you know? and the, the the data shows it too. I, I did some uh, research lately. It was actually for uh, Canvas in mm-hmm. town. Yeah. Uh, so they're an HR and recruiting firm. And and, uh, and some of the stats are pretty startling like that. The average uh, millennial consumer, so we're saying someone that doesn't have a huge buying power, mm-hmm. right? Someone that has a an average buying power is willing to spend 15% more yep. for better customer experience. 100%. Not product experience. Yep. Customer experience. Experience. And so, and so, and so the, the, all of the data shows, you know, that, that it's absolutely something that not, not only, you know, not only can you make money <laughs> doing yeah. it, you know, or save money doing it, yeah. you can actually make money by making customer experience, and you know, even uh, more money because they absolutely they continue to this, get that. This experience. is, this is going to blow you away. We we had the organizational psychologists come in and like I said, study, 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 study. They they at the end of it, and we didn't know this data. For every dollar that TCC spent, there was an eleven dollar return. Every yeah. dollar spent on culture of good effort, there was an eleven dollar return That's for bad. for employee wow. turnover, for customer retention, um, for same sales uh, within the store growth of forty seven percent grew. Um, it, it was highly significant yeah. to the bottom line of the company. Cause it doesn't just stay in that store. That person goes out and tells whoever they know exactly. that they had that experience. Well, they blow it up on social yeah. media, yeah. you yeah. know, when you're, you know, and we encourage that not, not for the sense of let's do good to be seen. Right. And, and we, we teach people don't do good to be seen, but you should always be seen doing good. Right. We don't do good to be seen, but we should always be seen doing good. That's the motivation isn't to say, look, world, we, we care. It, it's about we can inspire others. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we've seen. We've seen it start at TCC. Uh, we talked to Torchlight downtown. They're starting to work on some culture of good effort. Okay. And mm-hmm. yeah, the great group over there. Um, we're talking to, uh, went over and talked to Conduit, uh, today. Uh, they're just south. They're still in the Indy area. Um, we've got Scooch and, and we've got a conglomerate of other businesses like Redux that Scott works with and owns I'm really and, and other that companies. I didn't name my agency Scooch. Scooch. That's Isn't that a, a cool great, name. That is a great name. <laughs> I, <know>. I just, <laughs> they make the most amazing phone cases. But, is that what it is? Yeah. But then their culture of good effort is mm-hmm. for, um, uh, women that have been, uh, abused oh, that's and, and they go into, uh, go into different groups and, and help out with that. And that is just, yeah. uh, again, now all of us, now their employees come in before phone cases. Yeah. Now 
working with women that have been through abuse. There, that's t- that's a completely different model for business, and it's a model that the world needs. Absolutely. And and that's what that's what we want to keep growing. I mean, ultimately, that's that's my vision is that there's thousands of these companies across the world that say we're a culture good company. And this is how we're making the world a better place. Stephanie is a uh, new founder of a new start, uh, new nonprofit startup. I'm curious what has resonated with you in particular about our conversation today as we wrap up. Well, I think that um, what you said earlier about your boss and having that tragic you know, that, that accident happened and him kind of facing death has made him think about, okay, what do I really want to do? What is the legacy that you want to leave? And out of tragedy can actually come something really significant and really yeah. good that can really change, um, other people's lives, just not that yeah. person, but other people's lives. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm all heart these days, Harry. I cry at Cheerios commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Sarah yeah. McLaughlin, when you yeah. start singing, you're, you're done. Uh, it's over pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And I would encourage any businesses out there, just think about, think about uh, what you do and how you can align some good toward that. You know, we work with, uh, um, Redux. They, they extract moisture out of your phone if mm-hmm. you drop it in water. Well, they decided to put water where it should belong. And so they're working with digging boreholes and, Third world countries are, they're talking about clean water projects here in the States and they provide clean water here in the States on a local level. Um, working with them to get hippo rollers where you, uh, it's oh, like yeah. five. I've seen those. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that cool? They're fantastic. Yeah. I've, I've got to work in Zambia that my wife and I and the church we were a part of. Uh, and this Saturday, uh, we're shooting a video. I've got the, uh, director from Zambia that's over here in the States and we're shooting a video with Redux to get these hippo rollers over to Zambia, Africa, you know, and, and that's a, it's life changing, life changing. And it's, it's, you know, so, so thinking, thinking as a business owner, how do I do something that, uh, my employees and my customers can be passionate about yeah. that aligns with my business? We, I, I, I want to give an example. I, I, this isn't meant to, you know, talk about, you know, my agency and what we do, but, but, yeah, sure. Um, but we have agency, you know, we have Ryan Crocher, uh, is our agency partner and he's in Romania and mm-hmm. he's doing, uh, basically his team is, they have three safe houses and they're saving women in human trafficking. Yeah. And, and to your point, um, it, it doesn't, I, I wouldn't say that it doesn't cost us anything, but we, we pay onshore wages offshore. Right. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why we do that is because, you know, about half the money winds up going to helping them, you know, do what their primary cause is. And that's, you know, they had to have a marketing department over there to yeah. do video and graphics and everything else. Well, we yeah. needed graphics and everything else. And so, you know, it winds up every year. I think last year was, you know, like $40,000 went directly to, to helping them with that cause. And to your point, that was just part of our business. Yeah. We didn't, yeah, make it, it wasn't like we didn't have to make, yeah. we didn't have to go find a charity or, right. you know, it was right in our backyard that we could be getting the work done that we needed to do for clients, but also supporting this cause. hundred so, percent. It aligns. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Don't, as a business owner, don't just write a check and to a charity. Right. You know, or, 
or wait. There's nothing wrong your, with that. Or wait but, till you get your hundred million dollars and become a philanthropist. Right. 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 You could be Do doing it. it you could be doing it every day. Yeah, and, absolutely. And the li- the libertarian side of me will say, and that'll keep government out if we all took care of each other. We almost made it. We were almost to the end. I agree. Man. Seriously, if we took care of each other, we wouldn't be dependent. Yeah. And that's an important thing. Yeah. Mary, what did you want me to say? I feel like you wanted me to say something that I didn't say. Well, I mean, you said what was on your heart, and and that was the answer to my question. I I knew that some of this had to resonate with you. I was just kind of curious. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, uh, we, we have to wrap this up. I'm sorry. It's awesome. We, I had a great time with you guys people, today. We have people leaving, so <laughs> that's, that's the surefire well, when, you have, <laughs> when your podcast is over. This is a long one. It went really well. Uh, it's it, a, yeah. fantastic. So it felt like it was over in seconds. Yeah, it really did. Ryan, it was such a pleasure. Thank, thank you for you. coming out. Thank you very and much. And staff, of course, you, yeah, you made the show today. I, I can't thank you enough. It's like magic. I didn't really do yeah. anything. And for everybody, again, cultureofgood.com. Absolutely. And go buy the the book. The book's name was Build, Build a Culture. Build a Culture of Good. Yeah. yeah. It's so, on fantastic. the site as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah. If you're an Indianapolis business and would like to be on Off the Circle, contact us at offthecircle.com. Off the Circle is recorded at DK New Media's State-of-the-Art Studio, the Speakeasy in downtown Indianapolis.